Hollywood loves drama. That's its bread and butter, right? Especially when it's a pregnant woman going into labour. This is really happening, isn't it? This is really happening. It's so weird because I feel totally calm. Oh! oh it feels like I'm shitting a knife! Okay. Why won't you bitches help me? Oh, Just breathe. Okay, I'll take it from here. Give me some drugs! Don't need drugs. Give me this. I want those drugs! It's Amy Poehler and Tina Fey in the movie Baby Mamas. The pain and hysteria in the movies is often the only experience women have of labour before they give birth. Sophie Walker wants to change that. She hosts the highly successful podcast Australian Birth Stories, which interviews women about what it's really like to have a baby. And she's just co-written a book, The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth. Welcome to breakfast. Oh, thanks so much for having me, PK. Before you had your first child, you worked in public health. But even with that experience... You were traumatised from your birth. What happened? Yeah, I went in feeling really confident into my first labour and I really felt like I was across things. I've always been interested in midwifery and I was excited for the challenge. But after sort of 32 hours and not progressing past five centimetres, I gave up and I was like, okay, well, I've tried everything. I'm not playing anymore. And then I had the classic cascade of interventions. So I had my waters broken and I ended up having forceps and postpartum haemorrhage. And my first little boy was unresponsive initially and came around very quickly, but I just felt really blindsided. I was like, wow, I thought I was prepared and I was not expecting that. So um, yeah, it really took me by surprise and it led me into kind of immersing myself in education. And I went on to have two more children, but my second birth was a completely different experience. Your experience though is really actually common. Many women experience birth trauma and there's a sense in the community that going through birth is, is terrible. Uh, that's all you hear about before you have a baby, oh, oh, birth, and it's like the sort of common jokes people make to you. Does it have to be that way? No, not in my opinion. I think, um, yeah, one in three Australian women who birth in the hospital system report feeling traumatised. And it's my hope that through um, the Australian Birth Stories podcast and my new book that people will educate and empower themselves because I think that's what made the huge difference between my first and second births. I entertained that a whole lot of different things might go down. I, I went into the first birth with one game plan and when it didn't go to plan, I gave up. Whereas when I went in with my second, I had a better understanding of interventions and what I could say no to and discussions I could have with my care providers so that I felt empowered and in control of that birth. Are there structural reasons why the healthcare system, um, why women go through this? Are they like, you know, even if you're, if you're empowered and you've got a plan, are there roadblocks once you get there? Um, I think there are. I mean, yeah, we know statistically that Australia has very high intervention rates. So I like to say going with the flow and just seeing what happens and be guiding by whoever's on on the day is not a plan. And statistically, you won't have a great experience if you go that route. But um, I think, yeah, if you if you really take on board all the things and you embrace it, you don't just say, I'll see what happens, but you listen to a myriad of experiences and you entertain the possibility of maybe you will be met with a challenge or roadblock, as you say, and perhaps you will need a caesarean. But if you've processed and understood that, um, what uh, what's entailed in, in a caesarean and you decide, okay, if I do have to have a caesarean, I'd like the following things to be put in place, then I think you feel, um, yeah, you're not coming at it in a disempowered way. 
A few years ago, you mentioned the podcast and now the book, but let's just start with the podcast. Uh, each week you interview a woman about her pregnancy, birth, and, and then what happens after she has a baby. You've recorded, I think it's nearly 400 episodes. That's, that's a lot of birth talking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what have you learned from speaking to all those women? Oh, I feel like a lot of people come to the podcast after they've experienced birth and they're in a similar position to me, like, okay, I wasn't prepared and now I'd like to be prepared. And a lot of people say, I wish I'd known. Like, I wish I'd known that that might have happened or I wish I'd known I should have stayed home longer or I could have tried a TENS machine. And I think there's a lot of I wish I had. And so I'm really hoping that we can get to women before they have their first birth experience so they feel like they've got all that information on board because we're just, the system's so under pressure. Midwives have got about 10 to 15 minutes to quickly check the baby, check your heart rate. There's not a lot of time to kind of learn about the birth process. And I'm hoping to kind of bridge that gap both with the podcast and the new book. And also, I mean, my own experience, I've had two kids too, is is that, you know, the, the health professionals you deal with come to it with their own prejudice. So you have some that are that are very against epidurals and they make that clear to you even when you demand one. Yep. Um, not that that happened. Okay, it happened. Um, <laughs> Same. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, and how about navigating that, those kind of prejudices when you have empowered yourself, you've made a decision and you're getting told, oh, that's not good for you. Yeah. And that's where the importance of continuity of care comes in. And we know statistically that women have a better outcome if they know their care provider for the antenatal care, the birth and the postpartum. And you can have those conversations initially. You can explain, I'm someone who wants drugs straight away at the first contraction, or I want an intervention free birth. And, and they get to know you and they get to know what things you might like and how to support you on the day. And I think if you arrive in labour and you're perhaps a bit non-verbal or you're really angry or you're overwhelmed, it's very hard to build that rapport on the spot with someone who's helping you in like a life-altering moment for you and your family. Mm. You call it a life-altering um, moment. I always make the joke uh, with my friends that it's life-altering because you're about to get a human that you're responsible for for a long time. That's why it's life-altering. <laughs> that's but the, the hard bit. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> quite overwhelming. But the experience itself, uh, why, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves about the actual experience itself? Yeah, it's hard and it's very polarising and triggering for women too. And in our discussions, you know, if you've had a belly birth, as we like to call it now, rather than, I mean, there's a lot of terminology of natural birth and how you gave birth. And it's very triggering and upsetting for a lot of people if it didn't go the way that they'd hoped. And I think people often start the show with me and say, I'm not sure if I'll remember anything. And then they almost go into a sort of hypnotic or therapeutic state and they can tell you the colour of the wall and what time it was and where the second hand was. And it's something that really stays with you and you have a heightened kind of sense of yourself during that time. And I think there's both a therapeutic nature of sharing that and empowering other people with your experience and a cathartic kind of way of, of recording it for yourself as well. Mm, yeah, cathartic is a good way to describe when once you start sharing those stories. I've got this question from a listener that I think is worth putting to you. Um, and, and the question is this, isn't the purpose to have a healthy baby rather than have an experience for the mother. Yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> well, you want a healthy baby, but... Yeah, of course we want a healthy linked. mother and a healthy baby, but the repercussions of having a traumatic birth experience can go on for a long period of time. And from my first birth, I've got prolapse issues and different things from the forceps, and that was a traumatic day that will stay with me. And, of course, my baby is healthy, and overall I'm healthy and can go about my daily business pretty well, but it's not the overall thing, and it's dismissive of the experience. And, um, yeah, we definitely want to move 
move away from that. Mm. And it's also triggering for people who perhaps don't have a healthy baby because that doesn't always happen. If you have a child with special needs, those people are really triggered by that term of like, well, my baby wasn't quite healthy, so where do I fit in now? There's no shortage of books about pregnancy and birth. How much has the book that you've now written been informed by all of that storytelling that you've recorded in your podcast? Yeah, I feel like I've been a conduit of these stories that I've been compiling over the last seven years and I don't pretend to have experienced all these things. So we've interwoven the various stories to express all sorts of families because I feel like that's underrepresented in the current books too. We know there's a lot of solo parents, there's same-sex couples, there's, you know, people come to form their family in a variety of ways and we wanted to represent that as well as cultural differences and then we've interwoven that with perinatal experts and um, I don't pretend to be an obstetrician so we've gone out to the people that know about these things and put in their information and tried to combine that in in an so it's not overwhelming so it's broken up in a way you can pick it up when you're exhausted in that first trimester and just read what you can manage that day. Now you worked with dozens of doctors and midwives to write the book Is there one message you want to give to to people who are preparing to give birth? Yeah, I think my overarching message would be prepare three birth plans. Your ideal that you're hoping for and then two others if it doesn't quite go to plan because, yeah, there's a lot of unpredictability in birth for the mother's health and the baby's and if you're not open-minded, then I think you set yourself up for disappointment. Mm, And be prepared for the fact that if you make a playlist, you may not listen to it or yeah. know where it is. Exactly. It gets yeah. rather chaotic, doesn't it? could struggle with the Bluetooth connection. Yeah. Thanks so much, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Sophie Walker is the host of the podcast Australian Birth Stories and co-author of The Complete Australian Guide to Pregnancy and Birth. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.